Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is July 7th, 2022. We continue with our series, Chronicles of the Kingdom, Lesson 26, Natural Supernatural. And this teaching runs with sort of the theme as we're in this third chronicle about making kingdom life a reality. How do we actually live out this process? What are some of the practicalities? And we've talked about the greatest mystery, the love of God. We've talked about the second greatest mystery, which is faith, is that produces fruit. Today, we're going to carry on with this talk about faith, because when it comes to the kingdom and building a life, we can't build a life. You can't build a a business, a career. You can't build a ministry in yourself. We cannot build the kingdom of God. The Spirit of God is establishing and building the kingdom. God himself is the one that builds his kingdom. But he does use us, and we are involved in that process. And so what we have to go back, a little bit of review, but everything in the kingdom of God grows from a seed that God deposits in us. It's a supernatural growth process. It's supernatural. And by the way, when we look at that word supernatural, We understand that when we say natural, we're talking about anything that's of nature. Our flesh is very natural. Your five senses you see, feel, touch, hear. That's natural. Those are natural senses. You know, wood, cars, houses, money. Those are natural things. They're they're things that are, quote, real physical. Anything in the physical realm is natural. But when it comes to anything that's in the, quote, spiritual realm, it is supernatural. And sometimes when we use that word, we don't always understand it. We, we associate it with uh, some sort of mythos, like it's make-believe. It's, it's, and that's what happens when we also associate the word with... Uh, witchcraft or the occult you know because so many people label witchcraft and occult is the same as 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 myths and make-believe you know that's why so many people when they celebrate halloween they have no problems dressing up as witches and zombies and demons and and things because in the end they don't believe in those things it's just make-believe and so therefore there's there's you know, they don't see any reality to it. But supernatural is really referring to anything that's naturally occurring 
in the spiritual realm because the spiritual realm is a super heightened uh, place. It's our natural senses can't deal with that. And so if you can interact with that, then you're, it's like having super, superpowers, so to speak. Um, it's not really superpowers. I'm just trying to get us on a level of relate, relating to this. But in understanding that anything moving in the spirit realm is supernatural and everything happening in the physical realm is natural. So therefore, when we say there's a supernatural process to growth, we understand that there is something about God's kingdom that has a spiritual power that has to grow it and develop it. We can't do that in the natural. We can't do that in flesh. It must come from supernatural means. And of course, last week we talked a lot about faith because faith has the ability to produce things. Faith has got the ability to move in supernatural ways because it is something that's not physical. Faith is not a physical thing, but it is a substance in the spirit realm. Faith is a substance. It's a substance of things not seen. And so, um, with that, going back to our study about the seed, God deposits his word, his seed into us, and then it grows through this supernatural process. So, having natural, supernatural growth is how we build the kingdom. There's something supernatural has to grow within us. And so I'm going to, I'm going to talk some things and I, I give these messages on Sundays and then I redo them for this podcast. And so they're always a little different because a podcast from a live event. I don't do live events because I'm mostly ministering in smaller settings um, right now and uh, the, with house church movements and things. And when I'm in those smaller settings, uh, I it's, it, there's more open discussion and things need to be more more private, and so, um, but I told the group this last Sunday when I when I ministered this message that some of this is 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 going to push a little bit on some areas of theology that I don't always agree on. I'm not a, a big word of faith person. I think there's some things a word of faith does that is in a way, make believe it's just you take a word and you twist it and you make it do something that is not really what it was intended to do. Um, you're living in a, in a little bit of a, of a fairy tale land, and to be more harsher, um, you're you're making an idol. You're making a god that you want, and it'll do what you want. Um, god doesn't do what we want, and he's not. You know, there's nothing in the scripture that we can use to make him do anything because for us to make god say well god you said this i'm going to make you do this um that puts us in the position of being his master and there is nothing we can do to be his master there's no quote-unquote contract that we can wave in his face and make him do anything because that would change his position of god he is god he can do whatever he pleases it sounds terrible but as we are, as we grow to know him, it's the fact that he is good. He is completely good, and he doesn't do anything outside of his character. Because if he did, he wouldn't be who he is. You know, God is good. He will always do things out of the goodness in his character. If he didn't, he wouldn't be good. 
And so um, that's why there's so much about God's character and the, the fact that he does not change. He doesn't change. He's not in time. He's not a man where things change. And this is important to understand. But there are some truths we're going to look at. And so if you don't like that, that sort of a, those sort of fringe charismatic movements, um, please don't turn off. Let's listen to the truth because, um, you know, so much of Christianity, um, everyone's got their points. That, 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 that is the truth of God. And, and we need to learn to, to hear the truth of God and not be so religious and in our philosophies and theologies that um, we don't hear his truth. And, of course, that goes back to things that we've already taught in some of our early lessons. So putting that aside, I mean, let's look at some of these, okay? Um, there's a scripture where Jesus is speaking. This is in the, in the Gospels. If you've got a, a Bible with, where they put all the Jesus' words in red, this is in red. It says, your faith has made you well. Let me give you some references. Matthew 9.22, Mark 5.34, Mark 10.52, Luke 8.45, Luke 17.19, Luke 18.42. These are all places in the Gospels, and not the same story, by the way, where Jesus spoke and said, your faith has made you well. I would love to read all those, but I think for this podcast, it would get a little long if I start reading all these. I'm giving you the references because I don't want the podcast to go an hour and a half. Uh, trying to keep it down near around that 30 minute mark, uh, which I'm not, I'm not always really good at. But um, these are some of these references and some of them is Jesus talking to a lame man. Some, one of them is when Jesus is healing a blind man. One of it is when the woman with the issue of blood reaches out and touches him. Woman, your faith has made you well. There are places where people have reached out and their faith did something. And Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Mark 9.23 says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And again, this belief there is, 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 is a belief that's linked into your faith. If you can have faith. If you can have faith. And then there's a proverb, Proverb 23, 7. says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Now, the context of Proverbs 23, when you go there, it's talking about the sin in a man's heart. And it's talking about sinful actions. And so, in the context is about if you've got sin in your heart and you're thinking about sin, then so you're going to be. You're going to be sinful. Um, that's the context. However, even in the context, this portion of Scripture is still true. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. That's how come Jesus said, if you were to look at a woman and lust with her in your heart, you've already committed adultery. Why? Because you thought this in your heart, therefore that's what you are. But we have to also understand there is... The other side of the coin. Because if you think in your heart, if you can believe all things are possible, your faith has made you well. In other words, there's an action of this faith that if we get it in our heart, if we can if we can begin to think upon this 
quote unquote seed of faith. And when I say seed of faith, remember the seed is the word of God. God has given you his word. There's something about his word that you have received. And you, 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 you when you receive it, it's you, you've got your faith, your trust. I almost don't like to use the word belief because sometimes it's, it's hollow. It's almost, you know, it's almost like I wish. It's like the way we use the word hope. Because when we say I hope, we're really saying I wish. And the hope of the scriptures and I'm wishing are not the same thing. They're not the same thing. Because hope in the Bible is something that is real. It's physically real. It's just in the future. It's a real thing in the future. Um, our hope is usually tied to I wish because I really doubt it will happen, but I'd like for it to, but it's not really there, and there's no guarantee it will be there. Um, that's not the hope of the Bible. That's not the hope of what God gives. That hope is a real thing in the future. And when we have a hope for it, it means I'm, 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 I'm waiting for this reality to come and so that's what we do we get a hold of the word of god and we 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 get that we get that and it's it's a seed god god spreads his word is like a seed and it's going to go in our heart and it's going to grow and that growth is going to be supernatural and supernatural because our faith we talked about that last week this this is faith is this thing that produces fruit it produces kingdom it's what produces this this stuff um it's, it's the faith of that inside us. It's supernatural. It's not a physical thing. And, and it begins to grow. And so, I sort of kind of, I, I want to run through this process before I get into a bunch of scripture things. Okay, so the seed, which is the word of God. And by the way, not just the word of God, but sometimes God will, you know, he will, these thoughts you have in your head, you get you get this thought from the Lord. Now, I know there's thoughts from the enemies. There's thoughts from your flesh. There's, there's a lot of cool voices in your head. Um, that's why we need discernment. That's why you need to read the Bible. You need to read the Word of God. Because God's voice, when He speaks to you, sounds like His Word. Um, if you're not reading the Bible, you, I guarantee you, if He spoke to you, if He gave you a thought, you wouldn't know because you, you're not reading the Scripture. You have no idea that it's you or the enemy or something or some something else. You don't know. How can you compare? Um, we need that. But you know, God gives you a, a thought to you, or maybe you, you receive a vision, a dream. Whatever it is that God has planted, the seed that He gives you, it goes into your heart. Um, once that is planted into our heart and it sprouts, it becomes a belief. I believe this. That's the receiving of the seed that's come to you. And we've talked. Previous lessons about good seeds and bad seeds, and what happens when you know you receive bad seeds. Um, you have bad fruit and things that come out of your life, um, sin and stuff. You know, but it is because it becomes a belief, and that belief, it you know, when it's growing, you know, using the the this this analogy of the seed and, and a plant. As, as the blades of the plant begin to grow, the stems, well, it's, it's like this belief is now conviction because you're going to actually do something based on this. And that conviction, of course, when I say do, it becomes an attitude because your attitude results in actions. 
So your belief is a conviction and it forms your attitudes, which now forms your actions. It's sort of a process that goes through there. And I like to put the attitude before action because sometimes it's real easy. And I almost said it here in this podcast that, you know, your belief is a conviction. The conviction to make you do things is actions. But before you even do the action, you begin to have an attitude about it. You begin to, how you think and talk. And it's, it's like uh, doing youth work. I did youth work for so long and I guess I'm still doing youth work in a way because you can you know people are people doesn't matter um but one of the the things I most struggled with and people that people that were in youth ministry that are now grown in in ministry with me even today um you know 15 years 20 years later um they can relate to this and because I'd say what was my greatest struggle when I was doing youth work as a youth pastor and, and they sit there and they go, I guess the attitudes of teenagers. And, and I was, I just laugh. It's like, yes, I struggled with their attitudes because their attitudes, it's not just rolling their eyes and whatever. It's, it's, it's not just it. I mean, you want to sit there and go, all they have is just a bad attitude. But you see that bad attitude is, is actually the result of their convictions and beliefs. Teams with bad attitudes have bad beliefs. And unfortunately with church, what we've seen is that there is, there's, there's a high level of biblical illiteracy. I've seen several studies. I've seen several ministers beginning to post things on, on Facebook and their social media about this concern about the, the number of people who don't have biblical worldview, the number of pastors that are not preaching biblically, um, you know, I'm I'm to the point because I've been saying this for 20 years, um, but we're beginning to see the fruit of what happens when you have people that aren't biblically literate move into the ministry. They're not biblically literate and now they're in the ministry and they're going to preach non-biblical things and they're going to, you know, the next generation will be even more biblically illiterate. Um, but going back to these attitudes and these convictions and these things, because so many times people go, oh, in, in this culture, it's easy for people raised in the church, especially teens, especially teens that are raised in the church when their 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 parents and their grandparents and their great grandparents were all members of the same church. It's real easy for them to know how to answer things correctly. They can they know all the VBS answers. They, they know, they can sit there and go, oh, yeah, I know Jesus was this, and I know Jesus was this. And they, and they can say all those things, and then they tell you they're a Christian, and, and, and they're, they're telling you these things. But their attitude is displaying fruit that they don't hold the conviction or the belief. And those attitudes always result in actions. Again, those those. Why did I struggle with bad attitudes? Because teens with bad attitudes ended up doing bad things. They're the ones that we had discipline issues with. They're the ones that were getting in trouble. They were the ones, you know. So often, there's just all this stuff you need to do. You need to have lots of sponsors. Um, as a youth pastor, I needed lots of adults around. You know, you know. I say for accountability purposes, but I often say accountability goes two ways. Yeah, it keeps a person honest, but it also protects a person when evil comes and makes false allegations. 
if you're accountable, if people are really watching you to make sure you're doing the right thing, that when a false allegation comes, well, they go, no, we've been watching this. This isn't true. It it goes both ways. And, you know, I I, I found out very quickly, you need that. You need that. You need that sort of protection uh, because bad attitudes do bad things. And as I say this, and of course I'm picking on kids and teens, but there are pastors that are living this nightmare too. There are people in ministry that live this nightmare because they end up with, with members in their churches with bad attitudes and bad actions. And, 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 and it sprouts. And so I share all this in, in my rambling now to get on, get on this thing that this, this, these attitudes, these actions, it's a supernatural process growing from a seed. Mark 4, 26-32. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and raise, rise by day, and the seed would sprout and grow, and he himself does not know. For the earth yields crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. But when the grape ripens, immediately he pulls in the sickle because the harvest has come. And he said, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed that when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds of the earth, but when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so the birds of the air can nest under its shade. 1 Corinthians 3.6 says, by the way, this is Paul speaking, says, I planted Apollos water, but God gives the increase. And what I want to point out from the scripture is, is that the kingdom of God is if a man is scattering seed, he's throwing the seed on the ground. And this is what? The earth yields the crop by itself. Man doesn't, you know, man can water, man can plant, man can water, Man even harvest, but the crop does it all by itself. You see, there are things, you know, what are we lacking? What are you talking about the kingdom of God about? It's, it's, it's something that's sowed in the heart and, and it happens. God does it. We don't do it. That's why um, Psalm 127, that famous portion says, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain. The Lord must build it. The Lord must grow it. It's it's got to be a supernatural thing, and so by understanding this, our heart. And by the way, when I say heart, I'm not talking about the physical thing pumping. It's our spirit, the spirit. That is the quote interface between us and God. It is the spiritual natural interface. This is where the spirit realm connects to the physical realm. Is our heart, our spirit inside us. It's where these two realms, heaven and earth, connect. And they meet. So many times we're, we're praying the scriptures, you know, as it is in heaven, so be it in earth, this sort of thing. But you've got to understand that connection. It's like the internet. You you have to you have to have connection to a Wi-Fi that's actually connected to a hard line somewhere that connects you to the internet. The internet is not an ethereal thing. I've had, I don't tell you how many young people I've had talks with, they actually think the internet is some obtuse thing in the clouds. And I'm not going, the cloud is not the clouds outside in the sky, man. Uh, It's just, 
you you've been you've been playing with the metaverse. You've been playing some of these video games that have other lives and there's too long you don't understand reality anymore. Uh, the internet is an actual physical server in an actual physical building with actual lines of electricity and cords and data centers that can, has a power button. That's why nations like China and places can turn on and off their internet. Um, that can do that. It is a physical thing that can be controlled from a physical world. Um, it's there. You know, and we have to connect to that internet. Well, guess what? If we're going to connect to the spiritual realm, it happens in our our hearts, our spirits. And by the way, this this truth is is, is so powerful because um, it's true of God, but it's also true of the occult. When you want to get involved in the occultic things, people connect. How do they connect to this realm? It's with their spirit and their heart, but they're not connecting to the Lord. They're connecting to Something satanic. And it doesn't matter what religious name you give it. It doesn't matter, you know, Wicca or Buddhism or yoga or, you know, it doesn't matter. If it's not of the Lord, you're connecting to something spiritual. If it's not of the Lord, it's of the occult. It's a perversion. It's the thing God said, don't ever do it. It will kill you. Um, And I throw that out there because we're living in a world that's going into darkness Really fast. Really fast. But it's getting back on topic here. So our heart is the production center. It is the production center that's, that's bringing about, quote, the kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of heaven. In this world is coming through our heart. That's the interface. You know, and so everything we need to change the world happens through your heart. And it happens through supernatural growth that happens through faith. Luke 8.15 says, But the one that fell on good ground, some of the seeds, are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience, endurance. How's that? Proverb 23, 7 goes, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. You know, and there's a lot of, I'm not into this positive thinking junk. I know there's a lot of Christians that are into that. Listen, sometimes positive thinking isn't going to help you because you're positive thinking a fairy tale. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about putting your faith in the word of God and who he is. Who is God? Who he is not you know, I'm just going to be positive. I'm going to make a million dollars. Well, no one in the Bible doesn't say I'm going to make a million dollars. Um, that's not necessarily scriptural. Some of the greatest men and women of God suffered extreme hardships and poverty. And I find myself praying, God, I wish I could see the miracles that Paul faced. I wish I could see the, the heavens open up like Isaiah did. And But those people, there was great sacrifice that was involved in that giving up of things of the world. And so that doesn't living that life and having a million dollars don't does not coincide with each other. So again, you know, I want to put my faith. I want to think in my heart, the faith that God has said. So I, I say all that because we have to change what we hear, what we think, what we believe. If you get a bad report, from the doctor, you've got cancer. 
I'm not saying you you go around in a make-believe world saying, oh, I don't receive that. I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. Because that's denial of reality. Okay? I'm not talking that. I'm saying you have to grab hold that God is bigger than cancer. God is bigger than your problem and your situation. He is God Almighty. He is all-powerful. And he loves you and is on your side. And he has a plan for you. And by grabbing hold in faith, okay, I'm now, okay, I was told this, but why am I going to choose to believe? What am I going to put my faith in? Am I going to put my faith in the cancer is going to kill me? Or I'm going to put my faith in the fact that it doesn't matter my circumstance. My God is bigger and I'm going to put my faith in what he's called me to do. What does God want me to do about this? What does God want me to do? The woman with the bleeding that has spent all of her money and all of her time looking for the things. When she heard Jesus was in town, she put her faith in him. Something in her. And, 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 and it's easy to look backwards through time. But that didn't happen just because she just got this idea. It was because the Spirit of God put that seed in her and she believed it. If I could just grab a hold of his hymn. If I could just grab all, she, she put her faith in this thought that came from God. If you can grab him, you can have this. And she went, she grabbed him. And as Jesus turned and said, what your, your faith has healed you. He didn't condemn her. He wasn't seeking her out, but her faith reached out and did that. You know, I'm, 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 you know, there there were, Christians are going to die of things. Because death is is just a part of life. It's it's something that God has ordained. You know, all men are going to have a one life and face death, and then the judgment. That's that that's scriptural. God has numbered our days. It says He's numbered all of our days. There's only one generation that's spoken of in the Bible that won't taste death, and that's the ones that see Him return, when He will grab us up in the air. And, and I say that generically. I'm not trying to get into an end times. Are you pre-trib rapture or you're all millennial? And all Christians believe Jesus is going to come back at some point. Okay, I'm not talking about the how, but just the fact that there is a day coming and there will be a generation that they just they just get to see it and they don't taste the, the death. But everyone else is promised to death. And and, and that's that's just, just, just life. But... You know, all, all our days are numbered. I guess even that generation, your your life here is numbered because on this day it's going to happen. Um, so we, we, we have to learn some patience. But we also have to, to grab a hold of the faith that our circumstances don't dictate our faith and our circumstances don't dictate what God is going to do supernaturally. It's like going, I don't deny the reality, but I deny that seeds growth in me when so if someone said kelly you've got cancer i'm i'm not going to run from the reality but my reality is what god is bigger than that and i'm going to do what he tells me to do and i'm going to fulfill what he's called me to fulfill and if it means he has to heal that cancer to do it great if he doesn't it doesn't matter i'm I, god has my days numbered cancer will not take me out when my day is up my day is up and whether that happens to be there and one of the reasons for it, yeah, that's fine. But if it's not, then God makes a way. 
he makes a way. Sometimes I just I pause, I think, because I think there's someone out there maybe listening to this. They need to hear there is a way. You need to hold on to what God has given you. Don't lose heart. You know, John 12, 24 says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. There's a time when we just have to learn to let go and trust God. So, very quickly here, because I know my time is fleeting. It means that we have to we have to be very discerning and take every thought captive. We have to be sure that we're taking care of our gardens. You know, if if if, if we're the soil and we're trying to do this, we we got to what manage our garden. Well, it doesn't sound like something like Adam and Eve was told to do is manage the garden. You know, the garden of our life, the garden of our heart. You know, we have to we have to manage that because why? Because God is going to supernaturally produce things. We have to remember that that crop is going to yield. You know, it's going to happen whether we like it or not. And we want to be sure that we're tending and managing good seeds because we want to see a good crop come up in our lives. That's why prayer, reading the Word of God, meditating on His Word, not Eastern meditation, but biblical meditation. You know, that's why you want to speak and hear the Word of God. That's why you want to be in communion with God. Um, Because when you do this, you're experiencing the spiritual realm in the natural. And by the way, when you get this seed of God in you, sometimes you hear, um, this idea of, of, of birthing out the vision of God or birthing out, you know, how do you get pregnant with God? Um, those, those are strange terms, but the, I, the, the concept is this. You've taken in this this word of God, um, something you feel like he's asked you to do, and, and it germinates in you. It's like a pregnancy. And sometimes, you know, when you're giving birth, it's a messy situation. Um, but it's supernatural. And it's, 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 the, it's the what? It's the fruit of... It's the production. It's it's the it's the the thing that God's done spiritually is suddenly becoming a reality here in this life and with us. Very quickly, as my time runs out, let's look at a another scripture passage, Matthew thirteen, verses twenty four through thirty. And then I'm going to skip down a little bit to verses 37 through 43. And it's a parable and how Jesus tells you what it means. So that's what the skip is for. But just for your reference, Matthew 13, 24 through 30, and then 37 through 43. Jesus says, another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while he slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, No, at least while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them. But gather wheat into my barn. And Jesus answered and said to them, 
You know, and this is his interpretation, verse 37, by the way. He says, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all the things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. They will be wailing and gnashing teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun, in the kingdom of their father, he who has ears, let him hear. Now, this parable is different than many of the other parables about seeds because here Jesus says what? Jesus says that he, he is the one sowing the good seed. The field is the world and that the seeds that are being sown are the sons of the kingdom. That's you and me. He's sowing us into the world the same way that he sows the word, his word into our hearts. Okay, this is a little bit different picture, but I, I'm wanting to look at this because the same way the supernatural growth happens in you is the same way supernatural growth will happen in this world. Okay, as God produces it in you, as your faith and all this stuff grows in you and it transforms you and becomes good fruit that comes out, you are a seed that's thrown into the world and that your supernatural growth affects the world. And just like we have to avoid having bad seeds sown in our heart, we have to understand that in the world there are bad seeds. It says here what? You know, there are sons of the wicked one. The enemy, there, there are some people that, you know, they, they're, they're children of the devil and they've been sown out there to hurt what God is doing and notice that God doesn't say let's pull them out he says no at the end of the age when the harvest is come you know why well he you know and of course he's you know the idea is going you know who are we going to send to do the harvest and of course those are angels the angels of God um he basically says the angels can't tell the difference until the harvest. And it uses the idea of a tearing of wheat. And I've always been told that when a tearing of wheat begin to grow, you can't tell the difference until they form a head. Until they, they form a head. I'm not a wheat farmer. I couldn't tell you right or wrong on that. But I do do some gardening. And there are times when I plant things, I can't just pull up anything because there are certain plants that come up. I don't know if it's the plant I planted or it's a weed. I have to wait until they're a little bit more mature. I have many plants. Um, for example, alufas. Alufas is a vine and it grows these sponge uh, things you can use. Um, when it first comes up, it looks just like a bean. It looks like a bean plant. You know, it's got these round, you know, like a lima bean or a green bean or a bush bean. They, they've got these. I'm, I'm telling you, it looks just like it. But once the vine and the other leaves, the other leaves are completely different. And it's a vine. Um, you know, of course, I've got some some green beans that are like a vine. I always thought they were be more bushy. But it's, it's a vine now. But they're completely different plants. Um, and so you, you can't tell the difference. And so I can, I, can, I can get this analogy. We don't know the difference in this world we're in. But we're told what, to go bear fruit. 
to go and produce, to go and harvest. I share that because some of us are letting the circumstances and things around us dictate whether we're going to receive and be good seed or bad seed. We can't let our circumstances control the kingdom of God. Christ is living within us. The Holy Spirit must be in control. The admonishment here is going, going. don't allow the bad seeds to get in your heart. Bad seeds produce bad things. It makes you a bad seed yourself. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today, God. Lord, I thank you for your word, God, that we're talking about faith. We're talking about supernatural growth. And that, Lord, you are going to grow your kingdom and you're going to produce supernatural things. Father, I pray, God, that we would begin to listen and hear your word, God, that we put our faith in you, God, that, Lord, we would not let the the scary things or circumstances of the world or people in the world dictate our faith, our convictions that result in our attitudes and actions. God, help us to grab a hold of your love that we would demonstrate and have an attitude of your love and, and, and have that be in a demonstration of our actions, God, for it is you who make all things possible. It is you who change the human heart. It is you that change things. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you to catch up. If you have not heard the rest of the series, to, to catch up. Uh, go back and listen to some of them. Um, if you're just joining us and you don't necessarily want to catch up, you don't have to continue to to uh, grow in your walk with the Lord because that's what these talks about. Our Chronicles of the Kingdom is about trying to live out the kingdom of God in our lives. You can see more of that, christianimpact.net. And until next time, God bless.